folks, and welcome to another episode of The Flip Chronicles with yours truly, Rex Navarrete. Today, we continue with our chalk, our chat with uh, the, the amazing Dante Bosco, all-around uh, Asian-American actor, Filipino-American actor. Uh, you've known him. Uh, again, he did talk about his, uh, his experience portraying Rufio in the classic Steven Spielberg film, Hook. And, uh, you know, again, also if you're into animation, you might know him as the voice of Prince Zuko in Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, But otherwise, uh, you know, we're going to continue. This is episode seven of the Flip Chronicles, part two of my amazing interview with Dante Bosco. Uh, But man, uh, tell us more about the Monday thing you're doing. You are such a film a film a buff, like a cinephile, yeah. a cinephile like myself, man. I, um, my, I studied cinema at SFC. That was my background. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was, I was in the, in the uh, uh, film studies department, and I minored, I minored in Asian American studies. Oh wow! Yeah, my cousin so, Justin was a, a, a film, a film major at SF State also. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, cause I grew up as an actor, me and my brothers in our, in the school that we grew up in our, our conservatory, it was, film was really big. We had to watch, we had like massive movie lists that we had to watch. Yeah, what was on your list in the Bosco brother household? So many, I mean, literally hundreds of, like we had like, I know three lists for sure that had over a hundred movies on each list and everything. I mean, the one thing we got taught and that I try to, you know, kind of you know, promote to the next generation of, of actors and filmmakers. It's like, we're, you know, this is our industry. We're a craftsman in an industry, like any other kind of craftsman industry. And it's kind of like the beautiful thing is our history is all on film. Just go back and watch movies. It's, it's there. Anything as a young actor that you go, you think you are, every young actor thinks they're hot shit. And And you are probably, you know, we all were, we all are, whatever, but whatever you think you're, you do, or you're going to bring to Hollywood, it's actually been done before and not once. <laughs> what a dream breaker. You know what I'm no, I mean, but not, a dream I'm, not, I'm not here to break your dreams. I'm here to tell yeah. you. That's an ego check. And we all need that ego check. Ego check, but also it should empower you because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. What you got to no. understand is your lineage. We have a beautiful lineage. Mm-hmm. Find out where you fit in. Go connect the dots. Watch that the person before you filmed, watch the movies that he was watching, watch movies that the person before you was watching. And then all of a sudden it goes all the way back and you go, wow, I'm not just by myself trying to do this. I'm like part of this. I'm like a part of this like fabric, you know, this quilt and I, I can add to it. I can bring some new things to it, but it's not just on me. It's like on the shoulders of giants, which is mm-hmm. be- it's a beautiful thing if you can do it. And, and it's not in the books, it's in the films watch the movies it's just sit down and watch the films um and so there's so many i mean we go back and and so it's like i you know you tell young actors young filmmakers like watch these movies there's a lot of so many great films you know in modern times but you're like there are films before the 2000s before the 90s before the 80s <laughs> 70s before the right. 60s, 50s when they actually shot on a medium called film film and yeah and sometimes <laughs> you gotta go back and see these black and white films and you, and you understand like they were the same young artists that you are right now trying to do the same things in their time and yeah. what they did was amazing what they did is still impacting what you're doing right now you just gotta understand uh-huh. it you know I know it, it is. It is uh, a truly an American art form. I mean, even though the French they get the credit for creating the the film camera. Yeah. 
but still French cinema is totally different than American cinema as well as like Indian cinema, uh, third world cinema, totally different. You, know, you can't, you can never connect the, those apples and oranges, but they're the same. They're, you know, they're, st- they're still fruits. Yeah. But, um, you know, story. Uh, I mean, it all comes down to story, you know, and, uh, it's story. I mean, that's the power of what we do. It's story. Mm-hmm. That's like the real human condition thing. Like it go, it all goes back to just us around the campfire telling stories and how, impactful that was I, I read a book man rex i read this book that really messed me up for a while called sapiens have you read sapiens no who's the author oh god i can't think of the author offhand right now but it's it's a really fascinating a, it's it's like, like a recent book yeah it's a recent book about homo uh it's it's a, it's a about us our species homo sapiens yeah but it, go, it goes down all the way to the to the beginning beginning about how the really the big thing that kind of like progressed homo sapiens mankind as we know it, is the development of you know not just language because other animals have language but our language got so good that we were able to create fiction once we were able to create fiction we were able to bond as a group of things that we created stories that became religion that became countries that became you know, none of this stuff is really real. It's just these narratives. So, uh, so what you're saying, Dante, is without fiction, we wouldn't have religion or politics. No, <laughs> without story. I got gotcha. you. You know, without you. the idea of the story that yes, storytelling that tradition uh, began with early people. Exactly, and that's because, what yeah. you know made us all go from like not just fighting for the people that gave us that the people the few people that we know that can help feed us and we can help warm us with fire but these bigger ideas that came ultimately became oh this is how a thousand a million ants can work together under one idea that's you know and that's through story Mm -hmm. which is crazy something bigger than what we're doing right now We're, we're literally running from tigers trying to create fire but you know, and, and keep this tribe together, but something beyond all of this, the you know, something bigger than us. Story. And the great thing is we're storytellers and yeah. the story, you know, how these stories yeah. impact, you know, a thousand years later is, is, is wild. That oral tradition, you know, yeah. back in our old tribal days, exactly. it had to be passed on orally before writing and all that. I don't doubt that in a thousand, two thousand years time, there's going to be religions based on Star Wars and Harry <laughs> Potter without a doubt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's called Comic Con. You've been yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> Celebration. It's like I'm sure five thousand years now. It's like Star Wars is going to be a full-on religion. <laughs> That's scary. And we're all dressing. We're all end up dressing like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi anyway. Exactly. There's like there's this guy, Luke Skywalker. He saves. <laughs> he lives uh, in the desert happened? in the cave. What happened? <laughs> he hijacked one of my droids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is this. We might have to go back to the old a- days of analog and uh, just oral tradition. Totally. Well, that's Star Wars. Mean. Star Wars is going to be. I mean, our Star you Wars did borrow comic from that. that you guys still have the. That's probably you know, and that's why I love about spoken word too. It's like I think comics and spoken word artists, poets, are the flip side of the same coin. We're like the modern day philosophers that are going back to the actual oral tradition of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it is, and and at its height, you know, of course, it should make you laugh. But at its height, it should probably move you, make you think. Same thing with with poetry, like it should, you know, make you think. But at its height, it should make you laugh. It should make you feel something, you know. Mm-hmm. And it should be almost, you know, 
And both both crafts are intertwined, really. Right. Like in, in spoken word, when you get a laugh, oh my God, he just did stand up. And then in stand up, if you don't get a laugh, oh my God, it's spoken word. Spoken word, exactly. <laughs> we used to do a lot of shows. We did a lot of shows at the Comedy Store, and and we would go back and forth with comics and poets back and forth. It's 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 one of my things too in the poetry scenes to really. I'm trying to like learn a lot from the stand up world to try to elevate and and push the next generation of comics because I I love that how the biggest comic could sell out the you could sell out Staples or something like that right but you're like where where are the where are the the poets that should be able to do the same thing and it's about learning from how the the system is built in comedy and bring that to, to the the poetry world and kind of. You know, there's like a hierarchy. There's a way to do it. There's a way that people see comics. There's an illusion, though. The, uh, the one thing I talk about with, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I like to talk about this with, with comics, because I'm trying, like I said, I'm trying to push the, the the poetry scene forward. Is the the comic scene the, the biggest difference is it's perceived by the audience as not written. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you guys are doing your show, people just think you're coming up with it right there, philosophizing about life. Whereas with the poet it's already understood that it's a pre-written pre-written pieces yeah i'm trying to fit you know i'm trying to like when i when i coach poets doing their shows you know to to everything's written right your your pieces are written your your pieces in between the pieces are are loosely written and it's about trying to have this flawless flow and try to convey to the audience and of course to the hollywood studio system like we're writers like comics are writers like like nearly every sitcom and tv show is with comics are it's based off their their stand-up and we also have those same stories it's about trying to put in a package where also the studio system goes oh this is a tv show as much as that's a tv show or a movie or you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so it's, I yeah, think yeah. it's places to go and i think the comics have done a lot of things right and trying you know even celebritizing themselves and understanding the marquee of what names mean what that what those comics bring to the game and i'm trying to kind of infuse that into the poetry world and start to get this next generation of poets uh, to the next level so we can kind of ultimately you know stand aside some of these great comics yeah yeah i mean but poetry has its own strength and that i'm glad it, it's not being perceived um uh well it doesn't get the same treatment as comedy and, and you know I, I i and i do believe that poetry has had its place um in in our culture and civilization to right. inspire um and to you know tell like it is what's going on with the human condition at the moment um and 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 hopefully uh you know put it out there for things that we want uh, in terms of change we want this to happen totally for, for comedy comedy is like it's it's like on the spot it's 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 one of those things where kind of it is an ego check for a lot of people that's why comedy um is dangerous and it needs to stay dangerous it needs to stay dangerous i was going to ask you like how do you feel in these like politically polarized times what how do you feel as a comic right now because oh man this is um it's it's there's been a war on us yeah (laughs) it's it's a it's a literal cultural war on us and these and and you're being warred upon by your own allies you know, people who are also progressive thinking, forward thinking, a little more universal. Right. But they're telling you how to do your comedy, what to say and what not to say. And frankly, that's pissing a lot of us off. I thought we were allies. I thought we had free reign to speak from our hearts and from our minds and to, to comment on what's going on today. 
in so much in so many words that we do know in our in our toolkit but um yeah there's been a lot of like pushback by our own allies and um now that the comedy clubs are closed and or very limited places to perform comedy we're feeling like this art form is now endangered it feels endangered because it's like you you guys are the ones that can talk about anything exactly and, you know, I mean, if you want to know what I'm doing, you know, how I'm talking politically, you got to go to my Facebook page or my Instagram. Every now and then, I'll you know, I'll talk about what's going on and what's on my on my chest, and I need to get it off my chest. Right. But everyone needs to. A lot of my allies have been have had the need to pigeonhole me and clap back. The clap back yeah. is scary, and in the council culture is scary. I'm 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 really I'm really getting really uh, I'm losing patience with it. Right. You know, because it, you know, I, I, I like to think that we still have a, a, a right to freedom of expression. I like to think that also, and I, and we need to have that, uh, at the same token, you know, I find myself too. I mean, look, I grew up, you know, as an actor in the eighties and nineties and, and I'm very aware of politically correctness. We, we, we grew up in a way that we knew what to say, what not to say, what, you know, and we're yeah. very guarded. With, with who we are, even in social media, it's like you, you just get scared of saying one wrong word, and all of a sudden, it's like know, a thousand right? comments of how how evil you are. And you're like, oh, second, hold on, second. what yeah. happened? Hey, how dare you use the wrong pronoun? And that's Filipino with an X. Like, really? Right. I didn't get the memo. I didn't get the memo. I'm sorry. Right. I didn't get the memo. I come from a, I come from a time where you know what, whatever comes out of your mouth, you bet. At the end of the day, you better be a decent person. Right. Right. Just be a decent person. You can't be perfect. I can't, I can't say the perfect things and right and say the 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 correct term, the terminology, you know, for this Wednesday. Fluid. There's the fluid terminology at that. Yeah, man. It's like, at least be a decent person. And if you don't have the ability to see that I am still a decent person, then you need to check yourself. Right. You're seeing something else. It's crazy times. It's scary times. And it's like not happening in other countries. It's happening in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're so polarized. Right. We really are truly polarized right now. This is the most polarized in my lifetime I've ever seen our country. Yeah. I think in... Anyone on Earth's lifetime, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, but I do my my one piece of hope with it all. I was telling people is like, to a degree, is like uh, we're you know we, it feels like we're fifty fifty somewhere right now, right? And the reality is, at least it's out there in the open because even though you know ten, twenty, thirty maybe years ago, it wasn't fifty fifty. Even though people were probably acting a different way, it was a lot closer to maybe 2080 or 3070 or you know now we actually have a fighting chance to kind of get somewhere else and uh and 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 without you know without conflict and without pain and without uh just conflict there's probably not going to be real change and so we actually yeah. have a, a hope at some real change right now it's just it's just not comfortable for anybody we and there's a lot of, and there's just way too much spin going on and everyone's yeah. jumping in on that art of spin please stop we need to just like, uh, otherwise we're going to lose the truth. True. And then as, you know, as, as flips here on the flip chronicles, like, where do we, where do we stand? Where are we at? Oh man, we are so <laughs> polarized. Too, man. Our, our own I cannot believe the demographics right now. And, uh, <laughs> it, which is crazy. Keep coming to me. It's like, you know, I'm just one voice, 
But man, I, I am neither party. I am just trying to just like seek out reason. And if everyone's on the same page of reason and watching out for each other, yeah, that's where I stand, man. But, you know, they're like, hey, Rex, you, you're a comedian and you're, you know, you're somewhat of a celeb and you should never use your, your celebrity to endorse, you know, any political leanings. So, really? Where was that rule? Right. Where was that rule? I don't remember signing on to this on, on this thing that I'm doing that, yes, you have to think one way. Oh, no, it's 2020. Now you got to think another way. Right. I thought we were evolving. No. And again, it's just all story. It's just what stories are we choosing to believe right now? Yeah. And it's, it is too much because there's this internet age and it's so sophisticated now, you know, because they got video and that's not real video. Oh my God. It was manipulated, deep fake. Yeah. Oh, even if it is real, it's like anything, like what is the truth? There's it's, it's all perspective, even a video, it's all perspective. Dang. It's scary. That's why, that's why I keep this podcast just straight up audio. Right. <laughs> you know, really, this is it. We got to go back to the basics and really know. listen. I don't know Not where we're going. Just look at each other. You got to listen to each other. Don't look at each other anymore. Just listen. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really? I don't know, man. We're living in crazy times. It's like we become adults now, Rex. Like we become the, uh, yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, I we're the grown -ups I've been now. on sets now where I'm the, uh, You're the grown up. I'm the grown up. It's like yeah. I, I spent so much of my time in this industry as the kid on the set. When people start calling you Mr. Bosco and bringing you <laughs> stuff and asking if you know, I'm going, how? Or there's problems on the set, which I've been on, and I've been the senior producer on the set. I'm like, how are they asking me how to <laughs> how, how up, to fix problem? You stepped up more you times than not. Up. I've been in some kind of situation. Where I was like, well, on this other time, this happened. This is what we we did. They did. Uh, we could try that, you know, but um. But yeah, we we finally are inheriting this uh, this industry in this town, and 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 we're a mess, and we're yeah. a mess. Oh yeah, but you know, flips not uh, how to handle chaos, man. We flourish in chaos. We flourish in chaos. <laughs> look at our country. Hell yeah, we've been invaded by everybody. We and look at us. We still get to speak our language. <laughs> right? Bastard, bastardized as it is. Yeah, man. We still we still. We'll still, we'll still speak in Filipino. I don't remember waking up, to, you know, speaking Spanish. You yeah. know, I don't. I mean, English is a part of it, but man, I, you know, we were even though we've had so much uh, thrown at us, we still, we still know where we came from. We still know who we are today. Yeah. Because because of all that, you know, it just made us stronger and smarter, faster, and better looking. Hey. <laughs> We are like a really mix of, of a lot of different cultures, and I think I love that beauty about our about our culture for sure. I think I think that's why a lot of other cultures want to hook up with us genetically because we make them look better in the next generation. Yeah, I remember watching an old uh, uh, who was it uh, the, the Mexican um, uh, Mexican comic, not George Lopez, but uh. What's his name? Uh, Paul Rodriguez. Paul Rodriguez. And he was doing, he yeah. on like the future of the world is the Filipinos. Like, yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to look Filipino. Everyone's going to look Filipino. They're like, we don't know. Are they, are they Asian, <laughs> Latino, European? We don't know what they are, but I don't know. He was like, you got, as long as you got Filipino in you, man. We're all ultimately going to end up looking Filipino. Yeah, um, that's comedy. It was so funny. I was like, uh, he's probably right. I mean, at he least, right. you know, as we're in this red and blue world in America, we're like, we're going to see. 
the blue states are all gonna look Filipino. They're like, you must be, where are you from? LA, New York, where are you from? <laughs> I know, it's like, yeah, look kind of Mexican slash Vietnamese. Mix, yeah. you must can't be mix. from a blue state. Yeah, if you can't figure him out and he's got good hair, he's Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Dude, so, I mean, lately, uh, uh, lately, the Boscos, uh, have you guys collaborated on this thing? Uh, it was a film that you just recently, the fabulous, oh, the fabulous Filipino brothers, the fabulous yeah. Filipino brothers. Yeah. I, I've been, I've been catching glimpses of, of write-ups about this. What is yeah, this? So it's a film I wrote with my brother, Darian Bosco. And, uh, and then my, you know, my, my, my brother Dion came and did some rewrites on it. My little sister Ariana came and did some rewrites on it. I got it produced out of the Philippines. Um, of uh, one of the studios out there called Signal. And uh, it's, you know, this is probably me. I don't know. I did an interview. I think it's my seventh or eighth film I produced, but it's my first film I directed. And, it, it, you know, it's this film that we, we created uh, loosely based on all these stories from my family. And it's, you know, the way I pitched it was like, um, like my big fat Greek wedding, Filipino style meets like nice. the calamity of, uh, of Pulp Fiction. Like, um, you know, not the violence of Pulp Fiction, but the calamity. It's four four brothers, four vignettes, a linear story told out of order around a Filipino wedding. But all that meets kind of like Fridays too. It's not crazy rich Asians. It's kind of like crazy uh, broke blue collar Asians, you know, <laughs> Pittsburgh Asians. And we shot it. You know, it was like a love letter, a lot, a love letter to Pittsburgh, California, my family. That you know. So it's all these stories from my family and whatnot. And so we shot it in Pittsburgh, California and in Manila. And uh, and it's, you know, it's a small, little crazy indie. And I can't wait for the world to see it. We got accepted in a bunch of film festivals as the film festivals have gone this year. Everything's kind of, everyone. Yeah, online. Online. Yeah. So we don't know if we're going to debut it online or we're going to, you know, we might sell it. We're, we're trying, like everyone else, we're pivoting, seeing what we're going to do with it. We might hold it maybe for a festival run next year. Or we might mm -hmm. sell it early. We're just, we're just kind of like filling out like the rest of Hollywood right now. Of like, how's Mulan doing? How's Tenet doing? It's are the theaters going to open again? Are we going to be able to see it in the theater? Do we have to go straight to a streaming service? Uh, we'll end up meeting. You know, we have. Dude, let's, just, let's just let's just let's just let's just create some makeshift uh, drive-in uh, movie theaters at the the Seafood City. Yeah, there's lots. all that. I mean, look, I want I want everyone to see it, especially the community to see it. Uh, I don't yeah. know what they expect from me. Like, like you, like I'm one of the pioneering Filipino artists. So people expect, you know, there's expectations from the community. Mm -hmm. Can we fulfill all those expectations? I don't even know if I'm trying to, I'm just trying to make a movie and tell a story, but I do love, I love working with my brothers. I loved having them um, star in their own vignettes in this movie. Like, like Derek, Darian, Dion, they're, you know, the people that know us, they're all amazing actors. I've been, you know, probably more, I became the most famous of the brothers or what a quote unquote most famous. And the, and the industry has been very um, good to me, even though we all have our ups and downs in the industry, but I, I'm happy as a, as a, as a director. One of the things I had in my back pocket was knowing that I have these like black belt actors, my brothers that I've seen do so many amazing things on stage and in film and television over the years, but the industry hasn't really given them the same opportunities I have gotten over the years. And to, for me to give them those opportunities right now in this film, I can't wait for people to kind of see, you know, what my brothers can, can really do on this, on, 
on this kind of level of platform. And so I'm most excited about, about that. Um, and hopefully, you know, as a director, I kind of brought it together and I had a great team. My, 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 my producing partner, Ron Erickson, uh, we're at this company called The Machine and we're kind of been putting these films together. We have a slate of films where we're getting funded out of Asia, Southeast Asia right now. And so, you know, like anything, it takes a village to put a film together, but uh, I can't wait for people to see, you know, my take on the, on the, the, the family, mar you know, wedding movie, you know. How was it like for uh, the other brothers and other family members uh, to be directed by you? I don't know. You got to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. Don't no, go there. No, no. I think they're cool. You know, we're all like, <laughs> I'm not the oldest brother. I'm the third of five with my sister, the youngest. Right. And, um, and, you know, with all families, especially Filipino families, we all know the hierarchy. We all have a certain relationship and, um, I just love that they respected me and they kind of like followed my lead and they didn't, they didn't know how the, I was going to direct them. But also I've been around, we've been around each other long enough uh, to have an open line of communication, especially with art. Uh, and again, we know what we each other do best and we know what each other do, you know, so we know, yeah. we know their faults and, um, and, and, and constantly pushing each other to do the best stuff we can do and, and our shorthand so quick, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. the way we wrote it, the way they're acting. I, I know when you did this in that one scene, when you did this one time with so-and-so, like do like it's more that feeling. And then it's there, you know? Uh, and, and, and I'm in the film too. I star in my own vignette. And so having my brother's eyes on me while I'm acting um, was, uh, you know, so helpful because we need, you know, we need people's eyes of people that kind of like care and love us to kind of steer us in the right direction. It's very vulnerable to be in front of the camera. Um, so I can't, you know, I'm really proud of everybody. I can't, I really can't wait for people to see it. I'm sure there's going to be clap back on certain things. What, what are we going to do? I can't. I, Where's the setting of the story? Is it present time? Present time. Present time. Although I try to like not put a lot of cell phones and technology in it. I want it to be very almost timeless. You know, it's more about a, a timeless family tale, but it's modern times. Nice. Nice, man. So this, you just kind of like um, uh, still staying productive during the COVID. And uh, you got stuff down the line. You got uh, this Monday uh, Instagram event mm -hmm. uh, where you're talking about cinema. And it, it's like, it's nice. It is nice for, I guess, my listeners now knowing that, yes, you love making movies. You love being in Oh, movies. I love making movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a lot, we have a slate of other things that we're pitching right now, television stuff and film stuff. Uh, so there'll be more coming out. And, and I love talking about films on Mondays and, you know, on Fridays on my Twitch channel, we talk about uh, Avatar Last Airbender, which I have a lot of fans. Of yes. I, I have, a, I have, I've actually got a couple questions oh. for you. At least one question about like, well, out of nowhere, uh, my daughter, she's 16, and just uh, tells me that she loves this this show on Nickelodeon called Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, okay, hey, you know, we love we live up here in Portland. Okay, and uh, I took her to one of the Portland uh, uh, comic sci-fi conventions. Yeah, yeah, probably Rose Rose City. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rose I've City. Done, I've done that. I know, and we I knew you were there, so we're, we're there checking out the line to come get your autograph, but it was hella long. She just texted me, Rex, just texted me. 
I I didn't know you like that back then. I was like, dude, I know you, but we don't yeah. have numbers. We don't have numbers. But man, I was like, see that guy over there at the end of the line, the Filipino guy? Yeah, that's Dante Bosco. He's one of the voices on your favorite favorite animated series. And and that uh, you know that was it. That was, I got oh, dad cred right there. You know, it's like dang, yeah. And then so I told her that I was interviewing you for for my podcast. Hello, I say hello. Uh, yeah, her and her friends are like big fans of the show. I know. Uh, that you you you're playing those characters. Uh, they love Zuko. Became an think, icon, uh, iconic character in my career that you never know you do, and then all of a sudden, year fifteen years later, it's it, he's so, you know, like Rufio has like this own iconic kind of world around. Rufio and yeah. Zuko for New Generation became his own iconic thing around it. And and as an actor, you never know when you stumble upon these characters, which is, you know, you're just constantly trying to work and constantly trying to do a good job. And sometimes, you know, these sometimes some stories or some characters, they kind of, you know, transcend the project. And so- yeah. So how do you how do you juggle the attention that either of those uh, characters get, you know, for your interviews or anything you're doing with, uh, with uh, talking about your career, who gets the most questions, uh, uh, Rufio or Zuko? It depends on how you, you know, who, who you're talking to, but I mean, with anything, you know, I wrote a blog on my blog. I used to blog more back in the day, but I wrote a blog on fame and fame is, uh, something I've wrestled with, like what we all wrestle with, you know, in this industry. And, um, I've been quote unquote famous for like, most of my life now um and what you what you really come out of it with after you kind of get through it all is like it's just a tool you know it's a tool yeah. you feel fortunate and thankful that people you know you you hope when you start in this career that anyone anyone gives a shit or cares about your about anything you do ever right like you just start there and then when people do you realize that you know it's just a tool to kind of get other things done that you want to get done things you want to say platforms you want to be a part of kind of and if you don't know how to use your tool then you know it could be off or not but hopefully you know i've been able to use my 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 fame quote unquote fame to help open some doors for me as a filmmaker um even as an activist and um just kind of like help educate help you know push things forward for myself and for the community and for the next generation. And that's really what it comes down to for me. But I, I mean, I, I get a kick out of it. Uh, a friend of mine, Philip Chung, who's an executive at Yam Yam F, another big production house. They're doing a whole, a whole big thing coming up soon on the 22nd of September for uh, Asian American voter registration. Right. And they're like, we, we got this funded and we're, we went all to all these colleges and I, I did a, I did Phillips first play he wrote like years ago, uh, 20 years ago. And, um, they're asking like, who do you want to be in this, uh, thing? And they had they, this list that came in, right. All these new YouTubers and influencers and artists that they would like the, you know, that's all these Asian clubs around, around, around America that they want to see in this, in this event. And then Philip called me cause like, but you know, at the top of the list, Dante was, Dante Bosco. I was like, what? He goes, I know. I was like, how is this guy still so relevant after, you know, three and a half decades in this industry? And like Philip knows me as like this really young actor. He's like, I know you from this time, but I just find it's, I get a kick out of it. I'm like, I, I get a kick out of it also. And I love that. And, and again, it's, you know, we're doing this thing. So I'm hosting um, and adding some like, you know, some avatar flair into this voter registration, but really trying to inspire all these new upcoming Asians that just turned 18 register to vote. It's a very important time to kind of be a part of this, this new, this next election This you know, it's going to be very important to where we're going. 
but I just to, we we had a long conversation about getting a kick out of the staying power that I somehow managed to get, which I don't know if I got. It's just uh, sometimes you just in this industry it's sheer luck and fortune. Um, you just take it in stride, I guess, Rex. I don't know. Hey man, it, it, more 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 opportunities to be grateful. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. It's, just, it's all about yeah. What what else can we be grateful for? And you never know how you're gonna be grateful for it. You know, stuff like that, man. You just they just kind of pull you pull you from a different angle. You never knew it was coming. No, because of that because of the groundwork that you you know you laid before you years ago. You know, you said, yeah, I would love to voice over this, yeah, this sure. character on this show. Yeah, what the hell? Pay me for something? I'm yeah, let's do it. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, and then it gets released to Netflix and it just blows up, takes it, takes off on a different course. Right. right. You know, something like that, you get a brand new audience. And that, that, maybe even that's one of the nice things about, you know, modern media and streaming like Netflix, you know, phenomenons like Netflix. Yeah. I mean, look, we're in our forties now and it's just kind of like, it's crazy with all this new young fan base and audience and all these new ways of communicating and engaging, which we never had back in the day, you know, it would take a, a fan mail to get to you months, yeah. you know, and, and whether or not you respond is, is, a, is a shot in the dark. And now you're getting, you know, so many, you know, thousands and thousands of, of, of comments and, and, and asks per day uh, through social media. And the reality is, you know, it's quote unquote, people are following you. Like you have hundreds of thousands of people following you. Right. And you're like, well, in reality, it's like, I'm actually following them. Like they're yeah. leading me. Yeah. Yeah. We're not the Messiah. <laughs> yeah. Not only are we not the Messiah, but we're not, it's not my, generation of things it's like we're all students of what's going on you know and 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 it's about having this kind of relationship with the fan base and, and having this ongoing conversation and um there's a lot of things that i'm learning daily and and then i try to like you know disseminate or you know teach things that still we grew up with they're like even though it's this it's also still about in you know trying to put good out there trying to tell good stories trying to the, the the essence of what we're trying to do hasn't changed. It's just the the distribution of it has has really you know accelerated. I know, but we're doing our best to keep up with it. You know, old guard like us. Well, not really the old guard. We're just you know we just come from that generation. Yeah, in a lot of ways, I think we're still. I mean, I I talk about bridges all the time. I still think we are the bridge generation. It's like work with yes. young filmmakers now, young artists now, young influencers. The world has changed. This there's no discussion or argument about that but the quote-unquote traditional media like we're the last generation of that and all mm -hmm. the great things the craftsmanship of what's going on what we grew up with is still relevant it's just changed how to do it and so we are still the bridge bridge generation like we thought we were going to inherit this town in a certain way and, and to a large degree we got skipped over by this new generation because the world changed but there are still ways that we can bridge to tr the the old the old media world and the new media world in a way that bring the best of both worlds to kind of help you know help impact how the new the new media is going right and my my analogy is always uh you're always going to need us uh you know generation x x generous yes. you know gen xers because we're the ones who know how to collect water and make fire right didn't we think we were you so know? cool as gen xers and now we're like the old guard like Gen X yeah, but so, we, but so we, brand we, new, and they were like, "Nah, Gen X yeah. is like the the boomers." We're like, 
we're not baby boomers. We're not, no, we, we, we took their skills and their knowledge and we, we took the art of tradition and, um, and uh, those boomers, they're, they're going off to retire now. You know, they're leaving it up to us. So you're going to need us as mentors because exactly. we got all the tools. Exactly. You know, we know how to keep, uh, we know how to make electricity. We still know how to make electricity. We invented the internet for you guys. Right. And, uh, <laughs> all and a lot of the answers are in those old movies. If you got to make some new movies, a lot of the answers are in the old movies. Exactly. You just got to know how to look at them. Know all you got to do is just watch Goonies, watch Goonies and you're set. Go watch Goonies. <laughs> just, man, man, um, get through this COVID, man. We, you got to come through on the other side. We can't wait for that film you and your brothers are doing. Um, and, uh, man, I, I, I hope uh, you know everyone enjoyed this talk, man. I've, I've, I've been waiting years to just sit down with you. I know we, we tried to catch up in Manila, but that bar was hella noisy. So much going on, but, uh, and it's so hot. Yeah, it was, and we, we were having too much fun. And uh, more you know, I can't wait to get back out there on the road. We we need to do this again in Manila for sure. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. More in LA, what have you? Better. You know, I mean, there's still a lot of conversations we need to you know to put on the table out there because there's still you know I I'm, I've learned so much from you just talking about you know your your early days, just being 15 years old and being around such great. Hollywood, um, you know, mentors right there and people in, in the craft, like how much would that cost as an actual film class <laughs> at school? No, you got it. You got it while on the job. Yeah. And I think a lot, a lot you of know? young arts, you're going to, you're going to be in those positions. Just, I would just, you know, have the wherewithal to understand when you're in the presence of greatness, like, listen, like you say, listen. Yeah. Shut up and Shut listen. Up and listen. Shut up, listen and watch. Right. That's it. That's, that's well, the old method. Know how it's impacting you till maybe a while later, a year later, years later, you'll be on the film later on. You're like, Oh, that's what, that's what happened. Okay. Uh -huh. And that, and that's a great part of, you know, life, I guess, at least life in this industry. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, um, I just want, I want, I want people to follow you. How can people, you know, uh, dig up what you're up yeah, to man, lately you know, we need we need a little more dante bosco in our me, my instagram is like such so fluid these days like the thing i'm on most at dante bosco or my twitter at dante bosco and uh you know redoing my website dante bosco.com i actually got a tiktok now someone took dante bosco so you can go to rufio zuko at <laughs> tiktok and the tiktok outscaled my instagram in like less than no way less than a week Dang. And, uh, it's, it, I, like I said, I'm a student of all these things, this ever changing social media landscape. And it's, it's, it's remarkable to, uh, to communicate on there and to really kind of feel the pulse of how the new generation is thinking and feeling and acting and doing and, uh, and, and still being able to be a part of it. I just, I get a kick out of. Dude, dude, keep it going, man. That's, that's Pinoy strength right there. That is the flip strength that we all have. And, you know, dude, thanks for being part of this episode. This is, this is it. This is where I wanted to go. Uh, I wanted to bring people in who, who, you know, who come from a, a part of our, I guess our collective history that, you know, knew what was up back then or what kind of, a, what kind of challenges and struggles you had to do for us, you know, to make things uh, a lot more manageable now, especially for young folks who want to get into the acting. 
into the filmmaking scene like you've done with your brothers but pretty much yourself you know right now and uh, dude congratulations for everything you've you've accomplished for yourself thank you so much rex man i had it's my pleasure it's such a great conversation and that ladies and gentlemen was my really cool chat with dante bosco that ends part two of uh the interview with the really cool dude. Um, if you want to reach out to him again, his social media is out there. I think uh, uh, it's it's in the, the podcast description. And uh, yeah, please follow him. He's a really cool dude. And, and let's see what's going on with him, his work, and also with, with his family. Uh, they got this amazing project coming out. So keep an eye out for that. Again, thanks for tuning into episode seven, part two of the Dante Bosco interview that uh, you just you just listened to. And don't forget that this podcast is also made possible by a kind grant from the folks at InstaRem. They are a money remittance company. They allow you to send money to loved ones, friends, whoever you want to send money to, to the Philippines with great exchange rates and zero fees. So hit them up. They're in my podcast description. And also, if you want to support me by uh, going ahead and buy my uh uh, tracks comedy tracks on itunes uh, i got full albums you can also buy track by track if you want to but thank you again in advance for supporting my comedy because uh, we can't get on the road there is no shows out there really unless you want to uh, perform in a parking lot and uh, yeah that's no fun so anyway go ahead and support uh, this podcast by continuing to uh you know uh so, so listen in uh, tell your friends all about the flip chronicles i truly appreciate uh, the word of mouth I hope you guys are going to have a great week. Please be safe out there. Wear your mask. Pay attention to science, please. Be well. This is Rex Navarrete signing off on another episode of The Flip Chronicles.